Good morning, Northwest. Hope you guys are doing well this morning. And uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 7. Uh, as you can see, that we're I'm sitting down and James Wong is up here to my right. We're going to be sharing together here in just a few minutes. But I want to just make sure that we have an understanding of where we're going and what's happening. Number one, George, I think I said it 30 times, not 27. I want to correct you on that. Brag on Jesus. And James is not watching Netflix. So make sure you know. He's with us. Oh, whoops. And so here we are. Let's go ahead and let's jump right in and remind what's going on right now. We're talking about the word submission. Yes. Where God teaches us, number one, as husbands and as wives, to mutually submit to King Jesus. Mutually submit to him. When we mutually submit to him, then we're able to understand how we are to function together as, a, as, as husband and wife. And so last week we, we took a look, and what does it say to the wife? It says, hey, I want you to remember that actions speak louder than words. This wife in this text finds herself married to someone who has said no to Jesus, where she has said yes to Jesus. So she's a follower, and he is not a follower. And Peter is saying, hey, listen, I want you to remember that your actions speak louder than words. Yes, you should talk. Yes, you should tell them about Christ. Yes, you should encourage. But also, what I want to make sure you understand that your submission is a strategy for them to come to know Jesus, which is the most important thing for us to know who Christ is. And, and then he also says, hey, I want you to avoid succumbing to a social media definition of, of beauty. Um, we joked around with that, but really, social media is talking about, it's always looking at the external and not the internal. And he tells them, hey, I want you to, uh, Peter says, I want you to adorn yourselves. I want you to adorn yourselves on the, on the inside. I want you to be humble, and I want you to be meek, and I want you to, 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 to look at that as a gift from, from God, um, and not be so exterior focused, but internally focused. And then he says, hey, where's your hope? Your hope is simply not in, a, in your husband. Your hope is not in your future husband. Your hope is simply in Jesus. And that's what he tells what the wife, the wife should be about and should be do. And then we take a look at verse 7. So I want you to take a look at verse 7. And this is what it says. It then goes, likewise. So just like we've been talking about for the several, several weeks now, it's been talking about um, a, a submission. And you're submitting to government. It's also submitting... To, in your work relationship, and then it's also submitting in the marriage relationship. And then next week we'll talk about submitting into the church. What does it mean to submit in the church? And then verse 7, I'm going to read it for us right now. It says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Well, what, what does that mean right now? It, it really means that I want you to learn your wife. I want you to know who she is. I want you to be considerate of her. I want you to study her. I want you to know her. Live with your wife is, 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 is spiritually, emotionally, physically. It's all of that. that. That's what I want you to do. And I want you to learn. I want you to be considerate. I want you to live with your wives in an understanding way. Then it says, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. That may be really difficult for you to hear. But it's talking about physically, the way that we are made physically the way they were made. I like what one pastor said when he talks about this weaker vessel. He says, in this time, there was a, um, th there was a vase. And, and what they would do is they would take this vase, 
and they would place it up in a high place of prominence in their house, like on a mantle. And they were to cherish it, and they were to, 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 to respect that vase or that work of art or that pottery. They were to cherish it because it was delicate, it was beautiful, and it was to be cherished, and it was a place to put up in high honor. And so what he's trying to get us to see is, I want you to cherish your wife. God has given her to you, and I want you to cherish her. I want you to honor her like you would that piece of pottery or that vase. I get this analogy of when you have a baby, when you have a baby and the baby is born and you have what's called the soft spot on their head, right? You want to protect that place. You want to protect that baby, that, that, that soft spot on her, on, her, on her head or on his head. Here's what, what Peter is trying to get us to understand is that we would cherish, that we would protect, that we would honor. And then the last thing he says there is, he says, um, since they are heir heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. hindered. So he gives us a great warning right now. I, I want you to be careful that not doing this is going to affect your prayer life. Not doing this is going to affect your prayer life. In addition to that, what I want you to understand is, they are heirs of you of this grace of life. I want you, I want you to understand that you are together for the gospel. That you are a partner together in the redeeming work of Jesus. So, so as you come together as husband and wife, yes, you are to enjoy each other. You are to, to live on mission with each other. But you are to be about the Lord's work. And he, he says, I want you to recognize that the reason you've been brought together, one of the reasons that you've been brought together, perhaps the primary reason that you've been brought together, is to be on mission for King Jesus, declaring who he is. And that's what he's instructing to the husband to make sure that you do just that, that you recognize that your wife, you recognize your spouse, you recognize that, that they are a partner with you to herald Jesus and bring fame to his name. And that's what he's telling us as, as men. Now let me tell you um, what happened to me a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, there's a man named James Wong. He called me up and said, I want to take you to lunch. Now I've been familiar with James Wong. We've been even in a little small group through our men's ministry together, and we've talked together. And so I know a little bit about his story, but he asked to take me out to lunch, and he brought me, he pulled up here, and, and, and we went to lunch together, and can I tell him? He let me drive his Tesla. Okay, I drove his Tesla. <laughs> and that was a great experience right there. I got to tell you that. And on the way back, when we were coming back, he said, would you come to my house, Matt? And would you come to my house and would you pray over my wife? So we went to his house. And I had one of the greatest pictures in my life of seeing what a man is to do when it says, till death do us part. And so what I want to do is for the rest of our time together, is I want you, I'm going to ask questions to James, and I want James just to tell you a story. Again, George, what we're doing here is we're bragging on Jesus. But the Jesus that is in James right now, that you're going to see, I hope, will be encouragement to many of you men that are out here today. Marriage is difficult, but it's worth fighting for. It is so hard when two sinners are coming together 
and you're saying, work out your differences so that you can make much of me. It's difficult. It's hard. We can all say amen to that, but it is so worth fighting for. And our command, our, our command when we stand up before God and we get married, for better or for worse, in sickness and poor, richer in health, till death do us part. That's our command. And so, James, I'm going to give you your microphone here. Let's wait. You should be good right there. So everybody say hello to James. Hello, James. James, there we go. Amen. Yes, we can hear you. Yep. Okay. Okay, James, you are married to Kathy. I want you to tell us how long you have been married to Kathy and how did you meet? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I think it's a lot easier to talk about myself than uh, and talk about your wife. Yeah. And uh, I met Kathy one summer at the uh, First Chinese Presbyterian Church in uh, New York City. We were both Christians then, uh, but I was relatively new Christian. Kathy was born in a very strong Christian family, and uh, she loved to read and write, and uh, she certainly was a very likable person. And um, her grandfather um, was a pastor in China, and um, in one of those villages, and this is during the uh, Cultural Revolution, and was put was put in jail for a long period of time, and um, because of his faith. And but that's a, that's another story. Kathy was uh, at the time she was a sophomore at uh, Cornell, and working on his uh, biology degree. And this is one thing that I'm not sure even today that I made, <clears throat> made the right thing is that um, she wants to pursue as a medical doctor. But I persuaded her not to do that so that we can get married and have kids. <laughs> uh, certainly this would not work in today's uh, generation. <laughs> um, but her mom's philosophy was that maybe that's part of the culture that uh, she believed that we shouldn't get married until I finish school and it was a long time that I spent seven years in school and we, but finally uh, after five long years and updating uh, to get married during my last semester of my grad school. But five years is a long, long time, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, so how long have you been married? How long, how many years have you and Kathy been married? You figured this out the married other day. Married in 1977, so it's 43 years or so. Okay, so 43 years that you and Kathy have been married. 17 years ago, Kathy became sick. Tell us a little bit about her sickness. So one time when Kathy went to UNC hospital for some checkup, yeah. and I, call a, I had a call later on from her, and I was at work, that she said she, I couldn't find my car. And that was the beginning of the ordeal. And um, it took the her neurologist to uh, go through all the testing and 
took, her, took him about a year to determine she has uh, early onset Alzheimer's. And she was in her 40s. So I started uh, doing some extensive research. I was a little bit um, desperate at that point. So I see if I can find some cure. I don't know too much about Alzheimer's at the time. Find a cure and is there any trial or even pay this uh, crooked doctor for 30, 30 minutes of consulting time. And nothing works. And this is my very agonizing period. So the first six to seven years, she was doing okay, uh, still working uh, part-time at home. And um, but afterwards, that's, things start changing drastically. Yeah. So 17 years she, ago, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. But I want you to specifically tell us about the last 10 years specifically. So why don't you tell us about that? So um, about uh, six, six years or so, I, uh, after her diagnosis, I start working at home uh, so I can look after her at the same time. And then the Alzheimer's patient likes to walk around the house and walk outside. I didn't, I didn't know anything better. Uh, one time she walked outside and couldn't find a way home. This is just in the neighborhood. So the one of the neighbors uh, called the police and the uh, em uh, emergency came and picked her up and sent her to the hospital. And that was a little bit nightmare. I couldn't find her. And, but the police did call and so I picked her up at, in the, at the hotel. This was the time that when uh, Sam and Diana was still growing up and they're still in school. She's still in school. And um, I really don't know too much about raising teenagers, uh, teenage girls particularly. So, um, so I make a lot of decisions on my own for her. And, um, and certainly I didn't really spend adequate time with them. But I, <clears throat> I want to praise the Lord that they both grew up as a responsible and loving person. And I'm very thankful I'm very thankful for that. So this Let me just was stop you right there yeah. that Sam is our videographer or live streamer right now. So I just want to make sure you connect those dots together. That's Sam and Ashley Wong. And so Sam right here has been doing our live stream really since the beginning of, of, of doing that together. So and your other daughter lives in Los Angeles. Lives in Los Angeles, California. Your daughter, yeah. Continue. So this was uh, also, um, I kept asking the Lord, why me? Why us? I didn't get a clear answer on that. Shortly after that, I, uh, I decided to leave my job, leave the job I love, and take care of her full time. And didn't, didn't realize it, it took about 10 years. But she still survived though. And uh, one thing I am a little bit disappointed about is that uh, Ashley, my daughter-in-law, and the kids and their kids never have a chance to know Kathy. I know they they can get along real well, 
two great abilities that Kathy had was that she was a very articulate person and with a very strong memory, but she lost them both. Um, I still remember back in those days, we didn't have internet. We have also portrait and we have internet. But she became my uh, walking in Bible encyclopedia. Um, today, she lost her ability to walk and lately she couldn't even stand and weigh about 65 pounds. Told, um, <clears throat> she has not. She does not speak to. She does not talk. Yeah, she hasn't been uh, talking for about five, six years. So at some point she was uh, still walking, but not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so let me ask you this question as we. We, we have our last question for the morning right now, but, but James, what have you learned about God in the last 17 years, and what would you like to share with the men today? Yeah, I do have a few thoughts for the men. Get your pins out. <laughs> but I really sincerely hope that um, you, you guys don't have to go through what I'm going through. Because it's a very humbling and mental train experience. Um, having said that, I always have positive attitude and look forward to the future. And so you don't have to feel sorry for me. So there are five, five things that I, I learned uh, from all these years is that The Lord arranged a wonderful woman and loving woman for me. I want to honor and glorify him in a meaningful way by caring for Kathy to the end. It is not what I expected in the later part of my life. I'm still grateful because he still cares for me and my children and my family. You know, love comes from your heart. The Bible is very clear in 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. I know sometimes it's difficult that you love somebody that you don't like. But we are Christians, we said we are Christians, and because we did the wrong thing all the time, and he still loves us. Also, I think it is imperative for us to look around our circles, friends, and families. If you can provide the help and prayers for those who need them, 
Kathy and I, and mostly Kathy, anyway, I have to say, help a lot of people over the years. Whether it is uh, spiritual, financial, or basic needs for immigrants, foreign students, and supporting the ministries, uh, missionaries. We never ask for anything in return. But one thing I learned from this caregiving experience is that is to accept the cares and prayers from others, family members, life group friends, and I have a very good one, neighbors, and even some friends from 30 years ago that I lost contact with. I believe some of them are angels from the Lord. Well, you may say <clears throat> you lost some opportunity in the past, whether it's giving or receiving. You know, there's a thing um, in amateur golf, and uh, this is, I'm not talking about those guys playing in Augusta this week. <laughs> Kamaligan. And that means that if you cannot hit the ball, the first time, try the second time. And hopefully, you know, you can hit to the right place this time. So I ask that you seize that moment. Um, when opportunities come, come to you, and you just may be the angel that that person needs. Uh, the fourth thing I learned is that the spiritual journey for us is a lifelong journey and commitment. It's a marathon and it's not a sprint. And prayers are critically important as we go through this faith journey. I understand it now and it changed my outlook. It changed my outlook and perspective of things in my life. And finally, and this is my last thoughts, I want to talk a little bit about sports because that's what I like. In the Peter, first Peter that Matt just mentioned on three seven, uh, it's I only addressed to the first part. Um, it said husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with our wives. And the key word here is consider, and some translation call it um, dwell or proper understanding. They pretty much mean the same thing. Um, this word cons be considerate is something that Kathy told me a lot because sometimes I was a little bit hot-headed and I know you men are busy, like maybe long, work long hours each week and doing home improvement for the house and maintenance and uh, take care, help taking care of the kids and then church responsibility and all. I understand that because I went through that process for many years. 
and we are in the football season, right? And the college sports, NFL, PGA, NBA, and MLB, and so on. They are never-ending sports program on television. And by the way, I even forgot the NCAA tournament. These are fun to watch, aren't they? I enjoyed it myself. But husbands spend some <laughs> spend some quality time with your wife, will you? And it doesn't mean it really doesn't matter whether you're newly wet or many years of marriage. I encourage you that all the husband take a day off. Maybe to find some time with your wife alone with no kids. Maybe your parents can take care of them or maybe some good friends can take care of them or the, or the kids once in a while. Find for some project that you can work together. And uh, the scripture, scripture is it's very clear. Be considerate to your wives. What a wonderful message. Understanding the scripture um, didn't, was not written last week. It was written 2,000 years ago. And even the apostle Peter understand the marriage relationship. So I hope you can do that too. I wish I had that opportunity. Okay. I, I don't, but you have. Um, Paul says it this way. He says this. He gives us a great, great picture. So we've been studying Peter. We've just heard from an example of James, and we've just heard how the Lord has just overwhelmed him with the love that the Lord has given him. And so what I want to share with you, and what I want to close with right now, is the best picture that we can have for men for doing the job and doing and answering our calling and submitting to the Lord first. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's the example that Jesus has given us through the Apostle Paul. When we use the word like or as, we know that that's a metaphor or simile. Please forgive me, I'm not sure, but it's one of those right now. It's a comparison. And here's what he's telling us right now is I want you to love her. And I want you to love her and be willing to die for her. That's ultimately what he's saying. Because that's what Christ did. Christ submitted to the Father. And because he submitted to the Father, you and I can sit here and we can sit there and go, because of his submission, we can have a relationship with him that's only possible through King Jesus. 
And I think today we've heard an incredible example. Did you hear what James just said? I wish I could do that. You still can. So men, go do it. Through the power of the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So that's how we continue to do it. I want to pray for us right now. I want the band to come forward. Um, I think James's application for us this morning, James just encouraged us. Take time off. Quality time. Spend time with each other. Have a project. Whatever the case might be. That's, that is your encouragement and application for today. Is to challenge you. Take some time off. Spend time together. And invest in that relationship that God has given us. For the glory of his name and not our own. James, I love you and I thank you for being used by God today to teach us. Stay right here. We're going to pray. We're going to pray together. And the band's going to lead us. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand if you'll do that. Okay. God in heaven, I want to thank you for who you are. And I want to thank you, Lord, for the gift that you have given to us at this church. And that is James's testimony about who you are. I, I love you deeply and I thank you for um, allowing us to see this command really be lived out and come to life. Lord James, James has said he doesn't, he didn't wish that he could be here. He wishes that it would be different. But he has submitted himself to your will and to take care of his wife as Christ takes care of the church. So I want to thank you for his example. I want to thank you, Lord, for your example and how you submitted to the Father and you went to the cross. You died for the church so that we might have eternal life. And I pray that today we would know that. We would know that greater today than we ever have before. And if there's anybody in here today that does not know you, I pray that they would come to know you. And I pray, the Lord, that if there is a husband here today that is not a follower of you, but there is a wife that is, I pray that that husband right here on this property and in this tent would come to know you as their Savior. Lord, that they would repent and believe in you. And Lord, that they would do that today. I pray that there would be nothing standing in the way of them from doing that and confessing that you are king. And Lord, that that would be, that would be something they would do today. Lord, whatever the application that you want us to live in, in, in regards to this message, I pray that you would help us to do just that. Help us this week to set time away for each other as husbands and wives for your glory and for the mission that you left us here for, to make disciples who make disciples. We love you. And we pray that this song would be an honor to you as we sing to you because you deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen.